0: Episode 42.
1: Hey, this is Rob Sperry, author of The Game of Networking. And if you hope to win the game, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it
1: should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chapel.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving any level of success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest. But first, if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, beats, headphones, et cetera, et cetera then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Rob Sperry. Rob has been recognized by top publication Business for Home as the number one trainer for 2017 in the network marketing industry. In his first year in the industry, he reached the highest level in a multi-billion dollar company. Conquering new heights, Sperry became the co-creator of Mint. Mint was a spinoff from a $3 billion company and launched with a million dollar in sales in just the first month. After the success of Mint, Sperry has been a consultant to many different network markets. Marketing companies. Due to his expertise, he has been featured in national and international books, podcasts, blogs, articles, and magazines specific to finding success in the network marketing industry. And Rob also just recently authored the book, The Game of Networking. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself?
1: Absolutely, Travis. I appreciate the introduction. You're kind, uh, it's been a fun journey it's fun whenever you get intro you get all of the successes that are shared none of the failures there's been a ton of failures to get to this point but more than anything i'm most proud of my family i'm most proud of being married to my wife now for 14 years having four wonderful children wonderful children uh in the sense of just they give so much meaning and so much purpose And I'm not going to lie. They're so exhausting. And I was always taught that we love what we serve. and, And some of the things that are the hardest are also the most rewarding. And so for me, I just love, love my family. I love my hobbies. Some of my main hobbies are really just whatever my kids hobbies are hanging out with them, doing the things that they like to do. And so uh, I am honored to be on today and provide any value that I possibly can, Travis. So thank you for having me on.
0: Of course, man. I'm glad we're finally able to kind of sit down and, and, uh, and get this thing rolling. Now, Rob, before you got into the network marketing industry, what did you want to do with your life? Because I assume when you were in high school, you probably weren't like, I want to be a network marketing professional. So what, what, was, what was it that you always had in mind as a goal for your life? And then what made you make the switch?
1: a great question That's a loaded question right there so (laughs) the only the only thing I ever knew was tennis I played semi-professional tennis I knew I wasn't going to be a professional tennis player later on even later on in my high school career even though I was I knew I could play semi-professional tennis I just knew the amount of work it would take and it it was fun I liked it but I didn't want to play five or six hours a day I I was good with two to three hours a day, and so I was willing to make sacrifices, but not that amount of sacrifice to, that amount of sacrifice to give it a shot. So I transitioned into running a tennis club, running my own tennis program, and that was a great experience. But my ambitions were always to have some sort of time freedom time, freedom to be able to be the dad and the husband that I wanted to be, the friend that I wanted to be. I wanted to be able to travel the world, see the world. I wanted to be able to go do humanitarian trips. I really just wanted to be able to have that freedom. And so for me, that was the bigger goal. And I thought the vehicle to do that was going to be running the tennis club. I quickly realized that my income had capped. So then from there, I started looking at maybe maybe owning a tennis club and I realized that tennis clubs aren't that profitable. They're very difficult to make work financially. I mean, in fact, there's always tennis clubs that are end up being closed, and there's very few that are being built. So I, I was kind of confused for a little bit. For a couple of years, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do. So I went to the tennis club and I said to every single seven-figure earner in whatever industry they were in, I said, What did you do? How did you make your money? Because I was taught that if you want to be successful, you find someone else that has what you want, you ask them what they did, and you ask them to show you how, and you do what they did. And so that's what I did. I went, I literally, I started picking people's brains of that were building shopping malls, that had big commercial real estate, people that were top internet marketers. And one individual was or happened to be in network marketing. I didn't know it. He started teaching me and training me on so many different success principles, and he did that actually for several years. And after several years of coaching and training me, because he was retired in the network marketing industry, he approached me about network marketing and just said, hey, I know that you're against network marketing. I know that this typically isn't a fit for you, but let me teach you how to treat this like a real business and not be be like some so many of those annoying network (laughs) uh hey i'm part of the industry so i can say it i think 95 percent maybe higher it's it's really just a spam fest Mm -hmm. and they're so annoying that when they call you you say hey Can you call me in six months again? That's what you're thinking in your mind when you're normal and and we pass that awkward stage. And so uh Oh man. So that that was kind of the the short version of what my ambitions, I didn't really know how I was gonna accomplish them, but I mean to the point of Travis, I don't share this often, and I probably should, but I have it written down. I wrote it down in my phone. Of a lot of my ambitious goals and what they were. And I wrote these down when I was, I think, 22, 23, 24 years old, and I just had no clue how I was going to be able to accomplish or achieve those goals.
0: Hmm. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Wow. And so you mentioned that you had a relationship with this uh, mentor of yours for a couple of years before you got into the industry. So how long did it take from the initial exposure to network marketing Uh, before you actually started making a real full-time income in the industry?
1: Yeah, good question. So there's two parts to that. Number one, it took me three years of a relationship with this individual. Then he approached me. Then I got in the business. Then I made a huge mistake. I was making six figures running a tennis club. Uh, My wife and I had two kids at the time. And I ended up quitting the tennis club after five days. And I say huge mistake because network marketing is not made to go full time. And most businesses aren't right out of the gate. Uh, So it's not just a network marketing principle. It's most businesses aren't. And so what network marketing typically is, is it's dessert. And you use your job as dinner. So I quit my, my job. Which was dinner, right? And network marketing, which normally is whether you're making two, three, four, five hundred dollars extra a month, you're very excited about that because it's extra money.
0: Right, right.
1: So I did that in my very first month and made a lot of money. And I thought this is it. This is a gold mine. I get to work for myself when I want, how I want. And it ended up being a very, very difficult process. Uh, I made it through. It made me stronger for it, but I never recommend anyone do that. It took me about seven months to get a consistent full-time network marketing income. During that process, my first December was my fifth month in the business. I made less than $400 while working this full-time, having a wife and two kids, having no other source of income. And so it was a great learning lesson for me to teach people that you need to learn to transition into a full-time income. Some will go faster than me. Some will go much slower. Most people, it's going to take a couple years to make a full-time income. If you go faster than that, congratulations. I think you should dream big. I think you should hope that it can happen. I think you should work towards that. But I like to give people what's possible, but also what's what's real and what's normal because if you go one extreme or the other right it's if you go what's normal what's average and you sell that that's kind of boring but if you just sell dreams and hype then you're going to do yourself and and friends and family and whoever else you're talking to a disservice right. and so i've learned to just sell both and people fall you know they see themselves where they want to and it helps them to dream big but also not get into get into uh the overhype
0: so Rob, I think I think what you're telling me is you can still make mistakes and end up being successful. Is that, is that kind of what, what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's the whole, you got to fail more <laughs> to have success. And I think sometimes people misinterpret that and they get too excited. They say, oh, I got to know I'm closer to success and I'm failing more, I'm getting closer. And I, I like that in a sense because it gives us that positive psychological outlook mm-hmm. of, Hey, mm-hmm. look, I'm just learning. But at the same time, yeah, we need to make sure we're always looking, hey, how can I be more efficient? Mm-hmm. How can I make it where hopefully I can I can fail less often than the person next to me right. and have success quicker. But at the same time, it, it's good to have a little bit of both on that as well. And so for me, when people ask me, how did you have how, how did you have success so quickly? I said, well, I just failed much quicker than you did. And I felt more, <laughs> more than you have. That's it. Right and I'm I'm so glad
0: that you brought up the whole practicality part of the business because this is something that I really try to to hammer home a lot of times and something I actually talked about on my my interview with John Lee Dumas on EO Fire um was practicality and making sure that you know you're passionate about becoming an entrepreneur and you're passionate about getting your business off the ground and you work toward doing that but you don't lose that practicality aspect that entrepreneurship definitely definitely needs um, and you get so, you, you get so hyped and especially nowadays, Robin, you can correct me if, if you think that, that I'm wrong on this, but on, on nowadays, I think it might even be a little bit more so because you see everybody on Facebook living their Facebook lives and, um, and not, and it's, you don't see the behind the scenes. So you see them standing in front of the Lambo in their, in their buddy's really nice house. And you think that they're having all the success, but really they're still living on their parents' couch when they're 43, you know what I mean? And they're, they're, they're not able to pay their bills. And so you think that you got to go quit your job and go do it full time. So you can be like that. Guy, and uh, I think there's so much practicality to what you just said because of that.
1: Yeah, you've got you've got to earn the dream. Unfortunately, people they spend the majority of their time thinking about the dream. They think about the results, and they don't focus enough time on the process. And so, you know, like you said, they get on they get on social media, and what do they see? They see the highlight reel. It's like if you get on Sports Center and you see the highlight reel of LeBron James or or mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, we retired. They don't realize that these guys, the amount of time they spend icing their knees and getting treatment and the amount of shots that they take. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these guys take over a thousand shots and the amount of time they have to spend working out and, and a lot of them eating well. But you see the highlight reel and people are so results-
0: Right. Which it's
1: okay to want the results. You just got to make sure you focus on the process to get those results and work backwards. And now, Rob, you
0: recently came out with the book, The Game of Networking. What is the most important lesson that you would want someone to take away from that book?
1: I think it's one of those things. It just depends on when you're reading the book, um, what each person's going to get. But if I were to say the main thing I want people to understand is that Everybody understands. When I say everybody, I'm generalizing. I know that, but I feel like everybody knows the value to networking. But there isn't a book out there that teaches you the formula to network. I've read them all. I like them. There's a lot of great tips and ideas, but there's nothing of do this, 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 and follow this, and you can become a great networker. It's all these random smorgasbord ideas. And so for me, I, first and foremost, I want people to understand the value even more of networking. And second, I want them to understand exactly how to network. And then third goes back to number one is, is as they learn how, I, I really hope that people understand that networking is the key to, to success. And when I say success, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about happiness. When you when you talk to people when they're on their deathbed, they don't say, I wish I would have had, I would have gone and gotten more schooling and had a better degree, or I wish I would have made more money, or I wish I would have worked 40 more hours a week. They say that they wish they would have spent more time with those that they cared about and fostered those relationships. And so, yes, it's going to help you to make a lot more money. But the best part about it is is it's going to teach you how to become happier and it's going to teach you how to get what you want. And hopefully you have good desires and those desires are things that are worthwhile um, because we can use networking for bad or good. But the the great part about it is I feel like true networking, it's very difficult to fake. Mm. And if you're not the right person, uh, you're not going to be great at networking.
0: And when you wrote the book, did you write it for the network marketer when, uh, as far as the ideal audience, or was this really just about how to network better regardless of, of what industry that you're in?
1: 95% of the book is for everyone, and I was taught by a an individual who's written 14 books, uh, a mentor, and and one of my closest friends. He said it's in order to really make something work from a marketing standpoint, it's niches to riches. He said, So you gotta focus on your niche. And he said you have a really good audience in the network marketing industry. So take your book that is all teaching on the formula, and then find about five percent of the book where you cater specific to that audience. So smart, yeah. Yeah. My goal is to take it from there and then I'm gonna create a book. In all different industries, based on that book, and take that 5% out from network marketing, apply it to real estate, apply it to um, knocking doors, right? Mm -hmm. Apply it to insurance agents, apply it to all different industries. Now, that's.
0: Really, really, I need to pick up a copy of that then, by the way, <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to, I'll, have to grab, I'll have to grab the link from you after the show and we'll have the link in the show notes too. For anybody listening, head over uh, to buildyournetwork.co forward slash Rob Sperry and, uh, the link will be there to pick up a copy of his book. Now, Rob, this is build your network, which is the podcast dedicated to helping people grow their inner circles and network more efficiently. So I'm really excited to dive into these, uh, these questions on networking with you and, and, uh, and, and get your point of view from them. First thing it's a question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, so I'm really interested to hear your answer. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: It's a deep question again. Uh, The way that I phrased it in the book is it's a combination of everything. Think of when you go do your, you know, I remember when I was in high school, I had my locker combo and there were three different combinations. And without any one of those combinations being right, it didn't work. And so what I tell people is it is what you know. It's who you know. It's who they know. And then it's also who knows you. And I know that that's pretty, pretty deep, but think about it. If you know someone and it's all about who you know, but they, and I'm just being blunt, they think you're a complete moron or idiot. It's irrelevant, right? So it is what you know. But after that, it is who you know, because you could be the smartest person in the world. But if you don't know the right people that connect you, then it's irrelevant, but then it's it's also those people and, and who they know and what their connections are. And then it's, it's becoming, as you network, you've got to become more, I call it recallable in the book, where people think about you and people know you. People have got to know you. If you're not getting your name and your brand out there somehow, some way, if you don't have a strategy... Then it's almost like, Travis, you and I, let's say we're best friends from 10 years ago, and you become the very best of the best at whatever it is you're focusing on in the moment, and I have a great connection with with something that could help you. Well, if I haven't spoken to you in 10 years, then I probably don't even know what you're doing unless you've got some great strategy Mm -hmm. or you Mm -hmm. have some way of, of creating awareness, recallability. And no networking truly happens. And so I think it's it really is that combination that you've got to learn to match in order to be able to be successful at networking.
0: Now, tell us about a time, Rob, and I'm sure you got a few of these stories, but tell us about a specific time when a connection in your life led you to a big moment of success for you.
1: Oh, there's so many times. Um, I mean, let's go back to the beginning of this. Back to the beginning of this podcast, when I told you the individual that got me into the network marketing industry, he's a $30 million earner. I taught his kids tennis, and I didn't know I was gonna get anything return. I just made a connection with him. I started act, asking the right questions. Then he started mentoring me for life. We, I didn't pay him for it, he just wanted to help. So he starts mentoring me for life. And then after that, I find out that he is a $30 million earner and he approaches me about getting into network marketing. And so just from that alone, I'm I'm at my house right now. I wouldn't have found my specific house that I ended up building without networking. It was friends that showed us the area. I've got people outside in my front yard that are doing the landscaping. That comes from a good friend that used to be a landscaper that moved from from where I live to another state. And so he gave me the best recommendations as he was in the landscaping industry for 20 years. I can look just at my car. I went and I called the, the regional representative of two or three states and he is for Mercedes and I just said, "Hey, where is the best place where who's going to take care of me for getting getting a Mercedes, who can help me?" And he said, "Rob, you've been so good to me of playing tennis with me even though you're a lot better than me over the course of the last several years. I get a friends and family discount twice a year where we get it at Mercedes cost." He said, "So I'm going to oh, let way. you go get whatever Mercedes you want at cost." So I ended up, you know, being able to get a car a Mercedes at cost just because of something. I never thought I was going to get anything. A lot of times when you network, you don't know if you're going to get something. It mm. may be that you're going to help that individual for five, ten years and they never help you. It could be they help you. But too many times people are so fixated on what do I get if I help you? Mm. And because of that, They don't really truly network. What they're trying to do is just become takers, 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 takers. Mm -hmm. And in the end, ambitious givers absolutely destroy and smoke takers.
0: Yes, a perfect book, and we've mentioned this so many times on the show. So if you haven't read it yet, go read it. It's Give and Take by Adam Grant. Um, Anybody listening, that link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant literally outlines everything that Rob was just talking about. Givers, there's matchers, there's takers. There's it's. If you haven't, you you got you got to check it out. You got to check it out. It'll dive into everything rob just said in and in a large and uh, more more on the macro um uh, than we than w- whatever we could do on the show so go check that out um but I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up rob because that goes directly into my into my next question for somebody out there that's that's sitting there going you know what uh, I have to admit, I'm more of a matcher, you know. Like it, just naturally, I'm I'm kind of a matcher. Just in in my head, that's just the way that it works. If somebody does something for me, I'll do something for them. I typically don't give, but I'm trying to get better at it. Are there any practical tips that you would give to that person on on how to just be more of a giver um, rather than always looking to try to get something in return for what they do?
1: Yeah. So one of my business partners, he said that he felt like he was a little bit more of a taker, and then. He's become a match or him and him and I have done a lot of business for the last 10 years together and we're a good match because we see things from different eyes, different perspectives. And I'm I am a lot more of an ambitious giver. I always have been. That's just more of just I don't know. I think it's just I think a lot of things is just how we're born and our natural tendencies and we all have strengths and we all have different weaknesses. But I would say probably the best way to become an ambitious giver is to gain a greater perspective. If you can start to look at even some of those examples I just gave you where I didn't assume, I didn't think I would get anything from any of those people that I just mentioned, nothing in return like like I really got. And even going back to the $30 million earner, what the real story is, is his wife had scleroderma. So they had to fly out to China. And when they flew out to China, He wanted his 16-year-old to still have discipline as his parents were going to be gone for six months. And then his mom was maybe going to die. Luckily, she did not. But I went swimming with him at 530 in the morning three times a week. This is before he mentored me. This is when I had nothing I ever knew I was going to get in return. It was because he asked if I would help because his son looked up to me as, as a role model. And I said, absolutely, I'd love to help you. So that came back full force, and it came back way more than what I gave. And I can give countless examples. And so if you can have that type of perspective, just think of it as as you're making a deposit in a bank. And a lot of times you make deposit, 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 deposit. And sometimes when we're matchers, we're thinking, I'm going to make a deposit and then a withdrawal, deposit, withdrawal. But if you think that way from a bank account standpoint, you start getting excited of deposit, 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 and then all of a sudden when something happens and you really need to take a withdrawal, you've made so many deposits. Your bank account is so filthy rich that if you need to take a withdrawal, it's pretty easy to do so. I helped Hmm. a company raise a lot of money recently and I made so many deposits with a particular individual. I called this an individual up and I, and I let this individual know that I needed about a million dollars. And this individual literally did no due diligence and said, okay, great. If you're involved and if you sign off on it, then absolutely I'll invest a million dollars. But that was years and years and years of deposits. And right. so if you can have that perspective, in a sense, you're still, you're still a matcher um, because you're going to get everything you want. You're actually going to get more.
0: Yeah. But yeah. it's
1: a different perspective going about it. It's not instant. It can be much later and it's going to be much, much more.
0: With networking being, like we were talking about before, Rob, one of the keys uh, to life and and not just uh, financial uh, success, but also happiness and, and relationships with people. Why do you think that so many people fail at, at, at doing it, at on purpose building
1: their network? Because people are fixated on a world of instant gratification. And because of that, it would be like reading, I don't care what religion anyone is, reading Noah and the Noah's Ark story in the Bible. And when you look at that analogy, the best time to build your ark is when the storm hasn't hit yet. You're prepared. The problem is, is whether someone's getting a job or whether they're doing network marketing or whether whatever they're doing, they're so fixated on what's my immediate return right now. And if they can't see that return on their investment right now, then what happens is, is they move on. So all of a sudden a storm comes and now their arc isn't built because they were so fixated on just right now, right this second, what's gonna give me that return. And and I think that again, it goes back to that mindset and perspective of really, really just making sure you understand. It. I've got friends that you know, I've helped get jobs and, and one of my closest friends, I helped him get his, his dream job. And yes, I had a lot of connections luckily and he was also very good, so it was a good fit. But at the same time, what has he done since he's had that job for four years? He hasn't gone out and done what I told him to do. I told him to go to lunch at least once a week with somebody in his industry and just continually network. So yes, he's got a dream job, but what happens if somehow he gets laid off or mm. fired? Now, I mean, his skill set's increased, but at the same time, he's he's screwing up. Otherwise, right. he wouldn't have to worry. That's your best insurance policy. It's not your degree. It's not, it's not your current job. It's not... Anything except for really your network, that is your best insurance, policy. it's not even money in the bank because that can run out. It is your network. That is your best insurance policy. It's not the government. Government's not going to bail you out. Hmm. It is your network.
0: So, so, so important throughout your career. We've kind of touched on this a little bit too, Rob, but I, I kind of want to dig into more of the paid side to see uh, what you think about this. How important have mentorships and masterminds been for you? And have you ever paid to be a part of anything like that?
1: Absolutely. I think that a lot of times when people pay, it creates this commitment. It makes so them true. more serious, right? And So, so- I, I know it is for me when I go to the gym, sometimes the supplements I buy, I don't even know if they do anything. But the fact that I bought <laughs> them yeah. makes me work out a little bit harder and a little bit longer and make, makes me feel like, okay, I got to step up my game, right? Yeah. So exactly. I think just that in and of itself. And then I think the second part is, yeah, obviously if you're part of the right course, the, the right mastermind, there's just some sort of synergy. There's some mm. sort of just, it just makes a difference it's it's like I said at the beginning i was I was always taught, go find someone who has what you want and listen to them and do what they tell you to do. Well, people know that, and it's crazy. People are willing to go spend whatever it is. they're willing to go spend four hundred dollars a month on coffee, mm-hmm. but then if they have to join any sort of mastermind that costs whatever. Right. There's different costs all over. Right. They're freaking out saying, yeah, I'm not sure if I can, I can afford that. And it's like, look, you can go buy 10 times more coffee if you go get the right mastermind session and you can go do what you want when you want. But people here's, here's an example I'll give or or the best way to describe it. People aren't willing to give up what they like for what they love. They're so stuck on what they like Hmm that they end up losing sight of what they love. So let me give you an example. I like watching TV. I love hanging out with my family and doing whatever I want, whenever I want. I like watching movies, but I love being able to just, you know, take off the day if I want to. Right. And Mm -hmm. going and helping a neighbor, Move if that's what I'm going to do for service, and so people are so stuck on they want their likes and their loves, and they end up sacrificing their loves because they can't give up their likes.
0: Mm. So true, so true. And I think a lot of times it it comes down to the fact that sometimes what we like to do is probably a little bit easier to achieve than what we love to do, and there's uh, less sacrifices to be made for what we like rather than uh, the sacrifices that have to be made for doing the things that we love and, uh, such an important insight. Um, Rob, you, you run a really large Facebook group that's, that I'm actually a part of. Do you have any tips for networking, connecting with others in those groups?
1: Yeah. So I started a group called the game of networking. And in that group, I really just wanted to have a group that had no spam. I wanted to have a group that could focus just on value and, in that group, there's there's questions every day that are posed that that are great questions. Some are specific to network marketing, some are just specific to networking in general. And I think again, that's what we go back to. This one's free, but it goes back to when you ask the question of the value of masterminding, masterminding, and when you have that. In there, it's great because now someone asks a specific question. I'm learning. I started the group and right, I'm learning right. as much more than anyone because I'm probably on it the most. And so people pose different questions every single day and ask different things, and we get to learn from each other. I mean, I, I get to post so much value on what I learned from social media, but I've learned the most because there's so many other experts on social media that have given tips on how do you truly network via social media. And so it's it's been a lot of fun utilizing something where it's just pure value and it's not a pitch fest.
0: Right, right, right. That's probably the biggest thing that I, that I like about about groups is most admins do a pretty good job at making sure the spam stays out. And so um, that's one thing I really appreciate about, about your group as well is that there's just always a lot of value coming in and going out and coming in and going out. And so um, if you are listening to this and you're looking for a new Facebook group to join, I highly recommend checking out Rob's The Game of Networking. All right, Rob, we're going to go ahead and switch gears a little bit and head into something I like to call the random round, which is just a few quick random questions with a few quick random answers. You ready?
1: I am ready for rapid fire. This is the random round.
0: What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: That is a great question. I think it would be fun to be a college Tennis coach.
0: If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I would sit with Elon Musk because he's built multiple billion dollar companies and so he just gets it. How do
0: you like to learn best? Books, blogs, or podcasts?
1: Combination, because I like books, but I like them on audible versions. So that's almost, almost like a podcast.
0: What is one of your favorite books that you've listened to recently?
1: Well, I was going to say get and take, but <laughs> I
0: already gave a good plug for, for, for Adam Grant and yeah, earlier in the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you already stole that one. So I can't say that one. So I would go with, I like the five second rule. I think that it did kind of beat a dead horse a little bit on it, but I loved, I just loved the the simple concept of it and the stories behind it.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: Every single morning, I make sure that I go do my workout. I haven't missed working out for nine years. I do not listen to music anymore. All I do is listen to books. While I'm at the gym, I make sure I take my branch chain amino acids. I make sure a lot of times I sit in the parking lot for about 20 minutes responding to messages via text and Facebook Messenger. And then after the gym, I come home in a frantic hurry and shower because I'm excited to really get the day started And then after that, I make sure that I've already gone through, I do the night before and then also that morning on my to-do list. I prioritize that to-do list to make sure that I've got the most important things there at the top and then I get those things done. What
0: is your go-to pump-up song?
1: I don't have a go to pop-up song. I know that's crazy. Every time they introduce me, I say, put on whatever you want. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say, uh, I was I was wondering if you had one because you said you listen to books now at the gym. So uh, yeah. yeah. Uh what besides business, setting business aside, what are you not very good at?
1: Hmm. I'm not very good at how would you describe it? So you can describe it after I tell you. So, for example, I get very obsessed and fixated on something, and it's hard for me to unplug. I'm not great at unplugging, and so I've tried to become better at at unplugging, and my wife's tried to help me. And so if I get obsessed with whatever, building my business or online or responding Mm -hmm. to messages – so what my wife does now is sometimes we go to dinner, I give her my phone, or if we go to a movie, I turn it off. I turn my <laughs> phone off at night now. This morning, I had to log out of Facebook when I went to the gym, and so I've tried to get it where the whole wherever you are, be there. Mm-hmm. I've tried to do that a lot better because I get crazy obsessed, and it's good to be obsessed, but you also need to be wherever you are, be there.
0: I was getting everything kind of wrapped up here, Rob, what is one place where we'll be able to find you the most?
1: Facebook for sure.
0: 100%. Okay. And is that your personal page? Is that your Facebook group or is that just kind of everything there on Facebook?
1: Personal page. I mean, I'll still be on the Facebook group and I still have a a fan page. Uh, Personal page is where I'm at the most. Okay. And is that just Rob Sperry? Yep.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, there you go. If you want to learn more about Rob, go check him out on Facebook. I follow him constantly, always posts a lot of great value on a daily basis. So go check him out there. Rob, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I, I really appreciate your time and having you on.
1: Thanks, Travis. I appreciate it. And congratulations on all your great work. And you are an incredible, you do an incredible job interviewing and providing so much value in all different industries. Appreciate it.